Hey guys, I'm Dan Cooper, the youth pastor here at Jubilee and wanted to welcome you to Jubilee Online. We're currently in a series called At The Movies in which our teaching team takes movies and puts a biblical spin on it. It's really awesome and super fun and hope you guys can join us. And if you are wanting to get involved and get connected, there are three ways you can give. Through our website at jfc.org give, through our mobile app, or through text to give. I hope you guys have a great weekend and an amazing summer. one of those guys. Not sure what that says about me as a person. What's actually kind of funny though is JJ is far more weird and quirky than Don. Donnie's way more reserved. So I love that they switch just a little, you know, behind the scenes of your worship pastors is Donnie is a little more tame and JJ is JJ is the best way I know how to describe him. Well, hey, my name is Kate. I am one of your teaching pastors here. I also am behind all these videos. This is what I do. I oversee this. I approved them. If you have been asking who approved these weird videos to be seen at church, you can thank me for the weirdness of church. You're welcome. Um, but this will probably be the last time you see me for a while. We are having a baby here in July, I can say next month. In August, we will be having a baby. So this will probably be the last time because I'm tired and I'm hot. It has been hot today. People have been warning me, oh, summer. And I was like, I love hot weather. I almost died today. Let me just tell you, I almost died walking up my street and back. I was like, I'm done. I'm never going outside again. My children can run without me. It's fine. Jesus will protect them. But we are finishing up a series today called At the Movies. And I hope you've enjoyed it while you've been in and out for summer. If you've missed um, one of our uh, uh, episodes, if you will, go ahead and check us out online, jfc.org. All our messages are there, and each one has been super great and just really impactful. So today we're going to be talking about dreams, this idea of dreaming. And I think it's something that we don't really talk a lot about in church. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you've touched on it a little bit. But I don't think we give a lot of detail and explanation about this idea of dreaming. So as we were preparing and trying, I was trying to figure out what movie goes really well with dreaming. And I want to tell you a little funny story to make you feel old. And we're, we're sitting down as a creative team. And I'm like, you got any really good movies to talk about with dreaming? 
And someone's like, what about the Matrix? And Levi, who makes the videos, okay? He's our video guy. He's super creative. He does all our website stuff. He's 20, right? He was born in 1999. And I was like, oh, the Matrix. Such a good movie, right? You guys, yeah, it's a great movie. And he goes, I've never even seen it. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? It's, the, oh, it's so cool. It's so awesome. And I go, guys, he wasn't even alive when The Matrix came out. Of course he hasn't seen this movie. So I was like, okay, let's go for something a little more relevant. And I'm going to talk about Inception, and we're going to show a clip in a little bit about this idea of dreaming. But guys, dreaming is a huge way God speaks to us. Dreaming is very important, and I think we skip over it a lot because we don't have much understanding for dreaming. I think there is a lack of interpretation for the dreams that we have, but God speaks to us in dreams. And here's why. There's nowhere to go while you're dreaming. You can't get up. You can't walk away. You can't go take care of your children. You are stuck while you are dreaming. In fact, while you're in REM sleep, which is the time that you, you don't dream all night long, you dream at a specific stage of sleep and it's called REM, you are actually paralyzed. Did you know that? You are paralyzed while you are in REM sleep so that you don't injure yourself because while you are dreaming, you think what's really happening is actually happening to you. So God created this amazing thing of paralysis while you sleep to make sure that you don't inflict harm on yourself or your spouse. Maybe you're fighting in your dreams. You want to punch them. God, God has prevented that from happening. But dreams, though, God, God speaks. God speaks, and it's a time that he can pull you away. It's a time that he can speak without distraction. It's, it's a time that that veil between here and there is so much thinner. It's this veil that, that is between us, and during the day, there are a lot of distractions that get in our way. But at nighttime, there's silence, and there's quiet, and God uses that. You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you think about that, that's at least 25 years of your life that you spend sleeping. So, of course, God would use that, right? God would use that time and utilize that. He designed you to be able to sleep. But, but past that, he designed you to dream. I hear people all the time say, oh, I don't dream. And to get a little nerdy on you, you actually do dream. Everyone does dream. You just don't remember your dreams. You don't remember what you're dreaming, but every single person dreams. And if you don't dream, you suffer from um, psychotic breakdown, basically. You were designed to dream. God created you to dream. And I believe part of why he created that is he created that time to speak one-on-one with you. To have this moment alone with you and to, to take away that veil just a little bit. To lower it just a little bit. And often how he speaks to us is in sim- symbol, right? And I think why he so often speaks in symbol and symbolic dreams is because it takes you out of the equation. Have you ever been in your quiet time and it's really hard to hear the difference between your voice and your desires and what God's voice is and his desires are? Right? While we're awake, sometimes those things get skewed. Sometimes it's hard to know the difference between the two. But while you're sleeping, 
And God begins to give these really weird dreams. There are some weird dreams. I will not deny that. There are odd things that God places inside of dreams, but the purpose is to take you out of it so that when you wake up and that when there's an interpretation, you know that you know that it's from the Lord. We're going to watch this clip from Inception, and it talks about the architect of a dream, and I want you to pay attention to that as we watch this. Okay, so obviously that's a secular movie, and it's not based in faith, but the part I want to take out of that is that he is having her in the movie design these dreams for people to make it real, to make it... Um, part like believable. And so I was watching that and I was thinking, God is our great architect in life, right? Do you believe that? He is also your great architect of dreams. He designed dreams for you. He has specific purposes for your dreams. He wants to call things out while you're dreaming. He wants to speak to you while you're dreaming. God wants to speak to you. And I think that we, we often... Um, have disbelief with that, so that sometimes we think, well, God speaks to others. God gives others dreams, but not me. But church, he is a good gift giver. And he wants to give you this gift. He wants to, to partner with you in this way. And it's this asking, God, would you begin to speak to me like this? I'm open to this and I, I want this and I want to know the plans you have for me. And, and so much of the dream world is about the prophetic of what's to come. There are plenty of examples of this in the Bible from the very beginning to the very end, things that are still playing out. In, in the Bible, the tr uh, translation of dreams and visions is very similar in fact, Job talks about it and says, dreams are visions of the night and visions are of the day. But they're very similar and they go together. And all throughout the Bible, we see these examples. Um, Abimelech, right, with Sarah. Here's this king and Abraham and Sarah are traveling. And on their way, Abraham recognizes his wife is very beautiful. And so he's a smart guy and decides to lie to everybody and say, this is my sister. Kind of weird, right? Kind of an odd thing to do. Well, this king takes Sarah, and the Lord, before he does anything, um, gives this king a dream. And I want, I want to point out this dream because this isn't some man of God who's following the Lord. Dreams can be used in any situation, in any circumstance. God can use dreams. And so he warns Abimelech, do not touch her, stay away from her, or you will be found guilty for this. So he instantly goes back to Abraham, why have you lied to me? Why have you done this to me? And then we find Jacob's ladder, the next story in the, the Bible of dreams. And, and Jacob has run from Esau. He has taken this covenant that God had with Esau, the firstborn, the one who was supposed to pass on generations of Israelites. He was supposed to be that. And yet Jacob has stolen this from Esau. So he runs out of fear. I'm going to die for this. And while he's on the run, he has this dream, and in the dream, there's this ladder. And it's a ladder from heaven to earth kind of thought, and he sees people, he sees angelic creatures type walking up and down this staircase. 
And I think it represents we are so much closer than we really think to that. That veil is so much thinner than we really recognize. And while we dream, it allows us maybe a glimpse into what's really happening in the spiritual realm. Into this other part of this world that we live in, it allows us to see into that. And then God gives uh, Jacob this promise, you will be numerous. It's the same promise he gave Abraham. I will bless you and your descendants. I will save you and I will protect you. And then we see Joseph with the grain and the stars. And he sees these, there's this symbolism right here, right? Of Jacob and all these sheaves are bowing down to his and it's his brothers, and it's this, it's this prophetic word that's being spoken. And then he sees the same thing with the stars. And then J- Joseph, while he's in prison, he's also an interpreter of dreams. Because this is another important aspect of dreams, is a dream without an interpretation is often pointless. There needs to be an interpretation of what your dream is. So he, he has good news for the cupbearer. And some pretty bad news for the baker. And yet he's very accurate in what he says. And then he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh has a really weird dream. He has a dream about these skinny cows eating these fat cows. And out of the blue, Joseph goes, oh yeah, I totally know how to interpret this. It's seven years of plenty and then seven years of very bad droughts. And so because of this dream, I think, church, dreams are used to save peoples. Because if Joseph would not have been able to interpret this dream, what would have happened to the Israelites is they probably would have died out. There would have not been enough food because Joseph, during the seven good years, prepares for the seven bad years. And through it, a generation is saved. And God uses a dream to do it. And then there's Solomon's dream. And I wish I could have had Solomon's dream. The Lord visits Solomon and goes, Solomon, what do you want? Right? Anybody else want that? I mean, I could think of a lot of stuff I could want. And Solomon, smarter than me, goes, I want to be the wisest person. And the Lord grants him that in this dream. And then we have Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Nebuchadnezzar does this really weird thing. Okay, so um, Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach, they're all in captivity at this time in Babylon. Babylon, And Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And so he goes to his sorcerers. He goes to all these people that are not serving the Lord. And he goes, not only do I want you to interpret my dream, you need to tell me my dream. A lot of pressure, right? And he goes, and if you can't, you'll die. All of you. All of you will die. And none of them can because dreams come from the Lord often. And this was a dream from the Lord. So it needed an interpretation from a God-fearing man. And so Daniel gets collected because no one can do this. So Daniel goes, well, give, give me a moment. And he has the same dream. God gives him the same dream that he gives Nebuchadnezzar. And then he gives him the interpretation of the dream and of these um, empires that will rise up. And then Daniel has a dream as well. And Daniel has this really weird dream about these beasts and it represents what is to come and all this different stuff. And then we see Joseph. Joseph, the the father of Jesus, has a dream. In fact, he has a couple dreams. And one of his dreams is after Jesus has been born, 
an angel visits him in his dream and says, get up and leave this place and travel to Egypt because if you don't, your son will die. It saves a person. Dreams are significant. Dreams are important to God, and he uses them in a very real and applicable way in our life. Pontius Pilate's wife has a dream warning him to stay away from this. This man is innocent. This man is not guilty. Do not go near this situation. Often our dreams are warnings of things that we should stay away from, of things that we should be on the lookout for. And church, dreams are intended for all people. Dreams are intended for all people. If you look at just these examples, it wasn't just one type of person God gave dreams to. He gave them to all people. But if you go, okay, well, that was for then and there. Let me then take you to this scripture in Joel 2.28. It says this, and, and then Peter uses this same scripture in Acts, okay? So it's an Old Testament scripture written about 1,000 years, 900 before Jesus was born. And then after Jesus ascends to heaven, Peter uses this same exact quote, this same exact scripture, and it says this, and it shall come to pass afterward. That afterward is Jesus, right? The symbol, the, the significance of his life, of him coming to earth, dying and going to heaven. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my what? I will pour out my spirit. I was reading a commentary on this, and I, it was saying, I, I love this description, that up until this point in the um, Bible, Jesus, God would give drops of his spirit on people. Okay, it was it was a moment. It was a dream. It was a second. It was a season. It would be drops. But what this is signifying is he would not just give little rain drops. It would be a complete outpouring of his spirit. It would be a drenching of his spirit. There's this transition of when Jesus comes, it is no longer these little drops. We are living in the day and age of his spirit being poured out on all of us. I will pour out my spirit on who? On all. And this is important because this is not what was the case. This was not true. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. This isn't saying just old men will dream or young men will see visions or, or you're just the sons and daughters will prophesy. This is signifying everyone is included in the call that I have. Everyone, men and women, young and old, white and black, everyone is called to me. I have my spirit to pour out on all people. And what's so interesting is even when Peter is talking about this, he thinks he has the fullness of the scripture. Peter's going, yeah, God wants to pour out his spirit on all the Jews. And yet what he doesn't understand is he is prophesying a word to not just the Jews, but to you and me as the Gentiles, that God had a greater picture in store for all of us. And part of that is this dreaming. Part of this is his pouring out of his spirit. And it is in that dream world that he wants to do that. So I want to talk then today about a couple different kinds of dreams that there are. 
Because there are different dreams, and I don't want you to go home today and have a really weird dream and think, this is about my life. This is the next step, and make a mistake in something. We need to have wisdom with freedom, right? There is always those two paired together, and we need to use wisdom when we talk about dreaming, when we talk about the prophetic. It needs to be balanced with biblical wording. Okay, so the first one is you dreams. You dreams. There are you dreams, or I like to call them, you had pizza last night at 10 o'clock dreams, right? Yep, I know. You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. I can be the pregnant person in the room who has no shame that I have weird dreams because I eat weird things late at night, but there are dreams that you have that are just dreams. That's all they are, and I think God uses these dreams too because if you dreamed spiritually every night, you would wake up exhausted every day. I think God allows us to have funny, weird, quirky dreams because it allows your mind to rest. It allows you to reset, that you wake up and you feel just refreshed. You didn't have to think very hard because if you've had a spiritual dream, they make you think, right? You don't wake up always rested and energized. It's like you have done spiritual warfare. You have met with the Lord, and that is an intense thing to do. Ecclesiastes 5.7 says this, Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. I want to point out that a lot of times what happens And there is a culture of this sometimes that happens in Christianity where we begin to run after the signs and miracles of Jesus instead of running after him, himself. And I think a lot of what the scripture is saying is these things are meaningless without him. What we should pursue first and foremost is him. I spoke a message one time, and and it, I think, ruffled up feathers, and that's okay because I talked and I said, we so often talk about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, and that is great, and we should seek the kingdom of God. But what you should be seeking first is the king from the kingdom. Because what happens is when you get the king, you get his kingdom with him. And often we run after the things of the kingdom. We want the protection of the kingdom. We want the gifts of the kingdom. We want those things. And I'm not saying that's bad, but that shouldn't be the thing you seek first. Dreams should not be the thing that are most important in your life. It should not replace the still that you have, the quiet that you have, the lifestyle that you live during your day-to-day life. You should still be living a life running after him and allowing him then to meet you in the night. But he is first and he is foremost. But there are dreams. It's okay to have dreams that are, have nothing to do with anything. JJ is a dreamer and he is a you dreamer. <laughs> JJ has the weirdest dreams I've ever, like I, I'm out having these prophetic dreams, right? Like the Lord is showing me these, these crazy, weird things. And so I one night had this dream and he, the Lord was speaking to me about my calling and my destiny and all these things and just um, dealing with some fear that I had in this. And so I wake up 
And JJ wakes up at the same time, and I'm like, okay, this is confirmation. He had the same dream as me. And he goes, I had the best dream. I drank cold water all night long. (laughs) And I thought, that's not the dream I had. And it's okay, because he had the best dream. It's okay to have you dreams. Don't be hard on yourself. If you're someone who frequently has you dreams, it is, I think it's also personality. JJ is fun and lighthearted, and I think God allows him to have fun and lighthearted dreams a lot of the time. And I would also say, JJ's very good at hearing God's voice during the day, and sometimes I am not as good at hearing God's voice during the day. I get easily distracted. So I think sometimes God has to speak to me at night because that's a time I can't move. (laughs) The second type of dream is their demonic dreams. We don't like to talk about these. These aren't fun, right? But church, we live in a fallen world. Part of that is we have fallen dreams as well. Our dreaming is part of this world. And so sometimes these demonic type of dreams sneak up into our life. Um... There is a difference between these and God-like dreams. They, they leave you feeling hopeless. They leave you feeling disturbed when you wake up. I, they are spiritual, but they are not the dreams you should be seeking out. These are not the dreams you should be wanting. And can I just pastor you for a second? If you are having nightmares on a regular basis, look, we all get them, right? We live in a fallen world, and there's no judgment in that. But if you are having these on a regular basis, these demonic type dreams, I felt the Lord would have me ask you, what have you opened yourself up to during the day? What have you done? What have you seen? What have you watched that has allowed this spirit in, into your life, into into your house? When I was a teenager, I had, um, I got in a fight with my, my dad, right? What teenager does that? But we get in a fight, and smart, mature me thinks, I don't need you. I mean, I was convinced of it. I was ready to sign the emancipation papers. Like, I, I was like, I am smarter than you. My parents are dumb. They know nothing of life, Right? What te- I'm the only teenager that ever had those thoughts. I know, it's okay. And so I, I'm furious at my dad, just so angry at him for probably not letting me wear a short dress out of the house. That probably, honestly, was the fight that we had. But there was this rebellion and hatred and unrepentance in my heart toward him. And I was very angry. So I go to bed that night angry and wanting to be right? Wanting that. And so uh, as, as I dream, I have, I have this dream. I fall asleep and I have this dream. And in it, I'm in my house and it's a demonic dream. And I look out my window and there's this demon and he sees me and I see him. And, and it's, um, it's, it's upsetting. It's sickening. These types of dreams aren't, they, they don't feel good, right? But the Lord uses this dream because I believe the Lord can use all different kinds of dreams. And I believe the Lord allowed me to have this dream because what happened in the dream is this this enemy is trying to get into my house. And as I'm dreaming, all I know is that I need my dad. I need this covering 
right? It's this symbol of this covering that I have chosen to walk out from, this spiritual protection over my life at that time, and I was rebelling against that, against it, and the Lord used it in my life to show me you need this spiritual covering in your life right now. You need this, and if you walk out from this, if you walk away from this, you have a choice. We have choices that we make. This is what is waiting for you. These are the things that you are not protected from. There is a spiritual thing that will happen that you will open yourself up to. And so I wake up and I'm bawling. And my dad and I, my gracious, kind dad, goes through the house with me because I'm just terrified and I'm very upset. And he prays over my house with me and gives me this forgiveness. I'm, I'm fully repentant to him because here's what I know is unforgiveness allows a lot into your life that you don't want there. My dad talked last week about unforgiveness, and I felt like the Lord said, I'm still not done dealing with that. And maybe this is a sign for you. Maybe if you're having dreams like this, maybe God wants to deal with some unforgiveness in your life. You have opened yourself up to things that you don't want there. We're supposed to live in this world, but church, we are not supposed to be of this world. And our dreams, I think, are a very good indication of where you're at. And I'm not up here to send judgment or, or tell you, hey, don't watch any bad movie. Because my standard and your standard can look very different. I'm very sensitive to movies. And I can't watch a lot of scary things because I dream about it that night. And I know instantly I shouldn't have done that. And to me, I think it's not worth it. The Lord, Jesus said, I have come to bring life and life to the full. But church, we, there, there's a sacrifice we make to get that life. There are things we must sacrifice. There are um, delicacies, if you will, that we must give up in this life to have his life. But can I tell you, it's so worth it. The sacrifice is so worth it. Give up those things. Flee from those things and run to him for his life. Because what's waiting for you are God dreams and a God life. And that's the third type of dream is there are God dreams. And there's different types of God dreams, and I want to break them down for you a little bit. God gives us warning dreams. God gives us warning dreams. Job 33, 14 through 18 says this. For God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, okay, so there's that word again, they are interchangeable. When deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings, okay? So sometimes these God dreams are not warm and fuzzy, right? Sometimes we can have very intense dreams, but God dreams always come with a purpose, and demonic dreams do not. God dreams come to convict. They do not come to condemn. It's the same that's true while we're awake. It's that same type of spirit you can decipher because even in the terrifying, there is always hope in Jesus. And that's the difference. And so he's saying there, he comes to turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride to preserve them from 
the pit, their lives from perishing by the sword. God is so much more concerned about keeping you alive than keeping you comfortable. Let me just say that again. God is so much more concerned about keeping you alive than keeping you comfortable. Your life here isn't meant to be comfortable. You're meant to be alive here. You're meant to have his life and he will do anything to get you on that path. Even if it sometimes means terrifying us, getting us to walk in that direction. He does that with Abimelech, right? He wakes him up and says, I'm, basically, I will kill you if you touch this woman. And yet, there's, there's a promise in it, don't do it, and, and you'll be okay. And so I had, I had a dream a couple years ago. Before I was married and before I had kids, my dad and I went to Seattle to go and um, visit a church. And while we were there, I had this dream. And I asked for permission to share this dream because it wasn't a warning for my life. It was actually a warning for someone um, that I love deeply. And dreams can be used to warn you to pray for others. I was thinking as I was preparing this message, if only we understood the magnitude of what our prayers do. That that outpouring of his spirit that he talked about, church, if you look at the pieces, if it really is true that before Jesus, that it was just these drops of anointing that God was giving to his people, to specific people, if that really is true, that that's what that was, and now that Jesus has come and the Holy Spirit lives in us, that there is an outpouring, do you not understand the power that is inside of you? That when we pray and when we call on the name of Jesus, the enemy must bow. And God, I believe, sometimes uses dreams because they get our attention in a way that while we are awake, we do not hear his voice. And so I have this dream. And in my dream, my brother Daniel, who works here and who's this incredible man of God, he dies in my dream. And I wake up and I'm very, very upset by this dream. And I know it's from the Lord. I recognize what's going on. And and I begin to just pray and I begin to weep over this. And I go, God, I need you to give me some sort of insight into this and interpretation of what's really going on. And the Lord tells me this is a warning for your brother. And maybe it wasn't a physical death that he was talking about, but my brother was not living the life he should have been living at that time. And Daniel has a high, you get to, you'll get to hear him in a couple months speak, but Daniel has a high calling on his life. Daniel's anointed and Daniel's gifted and the Lord was sending a warning to him because he loved him, because he had called him and he cared so much more about his life than his comfortability. And so I begin to pray. I begin to intercede. My dad was with me. I wake him up. We're in the middle of the night. And we are both praying on Daniel's behalf. And within six months of that dream, my brother had left to go to YWAM, found his wife, and said, I want to spend the rest of my life giving it to Jesus in ministry. Dreams have power, church. 
Dreams can, can change the trajectory of your life or of the lives around you. Dreams are for nations. Dreams are for people groups. Dreams have significance, and God wants to use them. God gives us confirmation dreams. Maybe there's something right now in your life that you're going, God, is this you? And you want to do the right thing and you want to serve in the right way and you're really wrestling through this. And often God gives us these confirmation dreams and symbol so that we know that it's from him and of him. Or maybe the opposite, that it is not him. That it is not what he has. Maybe it's about a job or maybe it's about a child or maybe it's about a situation that you are walking through right now. I, I, um, after JJ and I got married, I felt the Lord give me this promise um, of a daughter, okay? And that can seem really, uh, I know a lot of people who have had those promises who have not been fulfilled, but I really truly felt in my spirit that God had given me this promise, right? Well, I got pregnant with Ezra and it was not a girl. It was a boy. And so that's okay because I love my little boys too. It wasn't like it was, I don't want boys. I love my sons. My sons are my greatest treasure in this life, but yet I had this promise of this girl. My sister at this same time has this dream of this little girl, okay? And she, she has her name in it and what she looks like, and she's running up to J.J., and Jay, she's in this white dress, and JJ's saying, my daughter, my daughter, okay? So this happens four years ago, this, this dream, and I've let this dream go. I go, God, even if that never happens, I, I still trust you. I still know you are good and that you are for me. So last August, JJ and I, I suffered a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage, and the Lord after that, within a week of miscarrying, gives me this promise, this word. He brings this word back up of this daughter again, and he gives me her name, and he goes, you will be pregnant with a daughter within this year, and she's due, she, right? This is a girl inside me. She's due within the week of the Lord promising this to me. But the confirmation was the dream that my sister had of the same name and of the same look and of the same little girl. And dreams can be used to confirm things that the Lord is speaking. And I needed that confirmation at that point because I was so out of faith. I was so heartbroken in that moment. And yet there's this really special person growing inside of me that God has high plans for, and it only has been confirmed. And there was another person who had another dream about her and same name and same, same identity because God wants to confirm things because it builds your faith, church. Dreams can build your faith. And then the last dream that God gives us is God gives us prophetic dreams. And again, they're to build your faith. They're to call you to rise up to a higher level of faith, to a higher level of trust. In Genesis 37, 6 through 7, it says this. He said to them, there's Joseph, right? And he's talking to his brothers. Listen to this dream I had. And before I tell you this, can I just tell you, dreams are for a place and for a time, and they're not to be shared with everybody, 
Joseph makes a mistake here, and God still uses it, and God, it probably was the purpose of what it was supposed to happen, but protect your dreams. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you're supposed to do with your dreams because Joseph is naive here in what he does. Nobody wants to be told what's about to happen. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. What person, what brother, do you have siblings? I would have slapped any of them, especially my younger brothers, for telling me something like this. Like, Satan, get out of here, is what I probably would have said. And so there's a time and there's a place, and there's a people to tell. Allow the word of the Lord to to sift through you first and ask him what to do with the word. And yet, what is being said is true. This is a prophetic word, and I believe what happens is the, the prophetic is watch and be amazed. And it's not to bring glory to your name. Prophecy always brings glory to his name. The New Testament talks about prophetic words for the unbeliever. Prophecy stirs up the faith, not just of us, but of the unbeliever. Because how do you, how do you explain things that have already been spoken out. It's our testimony that is what stirs in people's hearts. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And part of our testimony are these prophetic words that God gives us. Are these words and these dreams that he wants to, to pour out on his church. And maybe you sit here today and you are a skeptic. That's okay, right? It's okay. It's okay to struggle through these things. But can you just look around this room for a second? Like look at the walls. Look at the people. Look at all of it. And I want you to recognize that you are sitting in a place based off of a dream. There is a dream That happened 21 years ago. A man went to bed one night, unknowingly had a dream of a staff being put in his hand and a call to start a church. Dreams are for today and they're for now, and you are part of that. Even if you go, I'm not sure about this and I don't know, I want your faith to be encouraged because this is built off of a dream. This was built off of a prophetic dream that God gave my dad 21 years ago. And you are part of that and you get to sow into that. Dreams were for the beginning of time and they're for the end of time and they're for right now. And God wants to pour out on you. My dad last week spoke and had a word about this, the rain that has been happening and the Holy Spirit being poured out. And I felt as I was preparing, I really struggled to find um, what to speak on this week. And this idea of dreams came to me because I believe the Lord wants to start pouring out dreams. Part of this outpouring is this dreaming, this prophetic word. And then I, I would say what you do with that then is write it down, church. 
in the middle of the night, be diligent enough to write it down. God will test you, I think. God will send you little dreams and ask, are you willing to get up for this? Because why send the big dreams if you're not willing to get up for the little ones? Write it down. Write it down. Test it against scripture. This is very important. If your word doesn't line up with God's word, you're creating your own religion. There are many religions that were formed out of dreams. But if it doesn't line up with his word, it is not from him. Or you have misinterpreted it. It needs to be tested against the scriptures. Be responsible with your dreams. Ask the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? What, what are you doing with this? And then I would say seek counsel from those you trust and from those you know have spiritual maturity. Because they can then walk you through this. There's all sorts of symbols and all sorts of things and weird stuff you can get into with dreaming. But God wants to use it to glorify his name. I would say that is the biggest thing, to glorify his name. So test it against the scriptures and seek counsel with the Holy Spirit and with those you trust. But I believe that God really does want to pour out his spirit. Do you want that? Would you just raise your hand and pray with me if that's something you want? Just open your hands up to him right now. Father, I pray for every person sitting in this room who's calling on you, who's asking you. Lord, you are a father who loves to give good gifts. And I believe you want to pour out your spirits. God, would you begin to speak right now? God, and that tonight as people go to sleep, Lord Jesus, you would begin to speak. God, you would begin to give words of, of affirmation to people, that you would begin to give prophetic words to people. God, I pray for those who are struggling with demonic dreams, God, that you would reveal the source of that right now that you would open their eyes that no one else has to know, but God, you know. Would you reveal that? God, I pray for this church and for the church that you would pour out your spirit on all people. That if you're young in this room, he has dreams for you. And if you're old in this room, he has dreams for you. And if you're a man, he has dreams for you. And if you're a woman, he has dreams for you. And any and every race, he has dreams for you. That no one who calls on his name is unqualified. Pour out your spirit, Jesus. In your name, amen.